this thing on? <laughs> Hello, um, it is very early in the morning. Well, not really. It's like 8.30, but um, I just woke up and I haven't even warmed up my voice. But I was thinking about... Um, I don't know, for some reason, even though my thoughts are less coherent and less put together in the mornings, uh, it's often when my brain is running like a little hamster wheel, and I start thinking about all kinds of things that I want to talk about and share. And uh, yesterday, which, <laughs> even though I'm not super into this kind of thing, I totally attribute to the full moon, because uh, one time I did a study and have been able to prove that I am more creative around the full moon. I will talk about that in a different uh, in a different podcast. But that was a weird revelation. And um, anyway, so I was like, oh, like, I still really love what I was trying to do with How to Paradox. And, you know, if you're wondering what happened with either the podcast or the newsletter or even the website and the approach, basically what happened was I care really deeply about um, helping people if I can, when I can, uh, with their problems or with things they're going to, whether it's relationship or career-wise. I spend a lot of time talking to friends in my life and family in my life about their problems and working through solutions. And I was like, for a while there, I was like, okay, I feel a little directionless. Maybe I could be some kind of coach. You know, that's a thing that people do. I don't have to go to a ton of school to get it started. Uh, I'll just be really mindful about making sure people go to therapy uh, if they need therapy as opposed to just uh, some asshole, namely me telling them what to do. Um, but <laughs> the moment that I put the calendar plug-in on the website, I had this insane revelation, which was, that isn't what I want to do. Um I don't want to help people one-on-one. -on -one. I don't want to talk through problems with people that I don't know. Um, at least not not in that way. Um, I don't want to book out my time. I don't want to, I, you know, also, you know, I have a very direct manner. I, you know, this is one of the, I, anyway, the point is it was a very interesting revelation that I didn't get to until after I had spent hours writing and planning and formulating and theorizing uh, only to get to the point of people actually signing up or the point where I needed to promote it, you know, like like market it and and convince people to come and like take a chance on me to talk about their career path dreams or their relationship woes. And I just didn't want to do it. And it was really bizarre because I'd spent all that time setting it up. But sometimes uh, we have to do some of the work to get to an understanding of what we want or don't want. And what we think we want or what we thought we wanted isn't actually accurate. Um, not to say I don't think that's not a potential path for me someday. But I was like, you know... I already spend a lot of my time uh, talking with friends and family and helping people with stuff, and I find that enjoyable because I'm very invested in them, and also because it's a long, ongoing conversation, and maybe I just need to see, you're getting the unfiltered, this is actually what most voice acting sessions sound like, it's like you talking, and then occasionally your stomach will just be like, Bruh! I exist. Um, 
But I still really, despite the fact that I was like, okay, I don't really want to lock in my time hour by hour in this way with individual people, I still like like to talk about this stuff and I like to share. And I, I you know, recently wrote a book that we'll be releasing soon called La Copio Utopia that is all about relationships, but especially in the context of moving abroad uh, with a partner because, you know, traveling is really stressful. Getting married is really stressful. Adam and I did both at once. And we learned a lot in the last two years. And in that book, I talk a little bit about porch coffee, which is something Adam and I have been doing since... I don't know, like date three, um, which is, you know, getting up, having a cup of coffee together and talking about something of interest to us. And I was like, oh, I should just do something like that. Um, the The problem I've had in the past a lot is that I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of varied topics. Um, I just have a lot of different interests and I love to follow those interests down whatever rabbit holes they lead to. Uh, both like privately, just like Googling and researching and reading books, um, but also like verbally with Adam. And I was like, oh, it's a shame that I don't have, really have a way to share some of those things. Because one day, oh, yesterday I was talking about the origin of the word Luddite that I looked up, which I will uh, absolutely talk about one day. Super interesting. Um, and then, you know, the next day we might be talking about Uh, mycelium and the way that it is basically the internet for trees and that's super cool um and I was like what what are my platforms okay I made she existed which is about women of history and or legend utopia italia which was specifically about life in Italy which is now morphed into la copia utopia largely morphed because um I haven't been writing as many essays specifically about Italy And uh, I wanted to leverage the existing brand, (laughs) which, you know, just for ease of setup and and audience reach, I don't want to overwhelm people, but I thought it was a similar enough vibe that 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 would work. Um, But, you know, those are very specific projects and they don't really have a space for me to just go on to, you know, a tangent about... um, uh, what's your name? Miralise, whose book I'm reading right now, she basically was a contemporary of Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and wrote a beautiful fantasy novel back in the day, but doesn't really get any credit for being one of the founders of the fantasy genre like Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Anyway, my point is I didn't have a place to talk about all those different things. And then I was like, oh man, I should do like a porch coffee thing. But then I was like, that should include Adam. And then I was like, well, I still have How to Paradox um, set up, floating out in the world. I, I didn't put a lot of time and effort into marketing it, so I don't have a ton of subscribers. So if you're here, hello, one of like three people. Um, but again, like, I don't know, reduce, reuse, recycle seemed like a good idea to uh, use it. And also like How to Paradox just kind of fits um, for a couple of reasons. Number one. Uh, I like to think that my approach to thinking about things in general hinges on having a broader and expanded viewpoint of whatever I'm talking about. So I can look at it both from like opposing sides, but also just different angles. Um, The other thing (laughs) that I love that Adam brought up, he was like, did you ever think about it as not the how to paradox, but the how to paradox? 
with the how-to paradox being kind of funny and interesting to me because um, no one can tell you how to. I mean, I can talk until I'm blue in the face, but I can't tell you how to live your life or how to see things. And I certainly can't even promise that my way of approaching the world would be useful and effective for you. Um, And like a lot of times in life, if you think about it, you get inspired by things that aren't meant to inspire you in the way that they do. Like, like you might look at a piece of art or hear a snippet of a poem or mishear a snippet of a poem or a song or something and be like, whoa, light bulb. And it puts you off in a direction that is necessary for you, but like maybe has nothing to do with the actual line that you read. Um, but you know, that's life. Like we are creating our own reality at all times. And, the best we can do is to put our best into the world and hope that some of that sparks someone else. So I was like, okay, why don't I just start recording? Oh, and also I should say like the Utopia Italia and She Existed episodes, you know, they take a significant amount of time. They, you know, I write them first and I edit them and then I record them and then have to do like the whole push out thing and um, I love doing that Um, but it probably takes oh four hours she existed takes about four or five hours for each one Um, even though it's like a light touch and not supposed to be super in-depth like these things just take a lot of time and even Utopia Italia which was just my thoughts takes a lot of time to formulate it onto the page in a way that is impactful and or I think is impactful whatever My point is they take a lot of time and that is something I do not have very much of these days. Um, I'm very happy to say my voice acting career has gone um, gangbusters recently. Gotta look up the origin of that word. I don't actually know what that is from. Um, And I don't like using phrases where I don't know the etymology because like that's how you get like rule of thumb, which is, you know, I think famously from some movie boondock saints uh, the width of a switch that men could legally use to beat their wives so like let's let's get rid of that phrase but i do like that phrase because it means something that we need have a gap for we need to come up with another phrase for rule of thumb but anyway whatever my voiceover career has gone very very well um i am consistently recording uh fiction and non-fiction books all the time um and I fell back into agency land. So you may know if you know me that I used to work in advertising agencies, kind of hated it. Don't hate the work. I love project managing. Um, and I didn't, I, I often like the people I worked with, but don't super love working in advertising. I don't think it puts good into the world, which is something I would like. Took a couple years of hiatus, but got connected with a super cool agency. Um, I really like that. I just really like them so far. The people, I really like the people that I've interacted with and engaged with. You know, it's still the same agency bullshit in a lot of ways because all agencies are agencies. That That's what they, what they are, so they can't help that. Um, but they're good people. And, you know, it, the job came in at a time when Adam and I could really, we really were in a position where we would benefit from some stability Um, which, you know, any kind of work like that is because you're getting a paycheck every couple weeks. You know, you have a contract for a few months at least. You know, and I realized not only, of course, do we never get everything from our work. Like you can, 
end up in a job that you super love, but it doesn't pay well, or you have a crappy boss or whatever. And we don't always get everything we want. We almost never get everything we want. Um, And I realized a key difference for me in this world is that I'm freelance. And it's funny because I'm kind of a workaholic, so I almost never say no. But the feeling that I might, oh my gosh, listen to my stomach. This is what happens when I record very first thing. The irony is I I don't even eat breakfast usually, just never been a breakfast eater. Uh, But I do drink coffee, so apparently your stomach can growl ravenously (laughs) for black coffee. There's not even milk in it usually. I don't know. Or maybe I'm hungry and I should go eat a little brioche. I could be convinced Italian cornetti are pretty freaking delicious. Um, man, now I'm just thinking about food. What was I talking about? Oh, being freelance. Yeah, no, that makes a massive difference to me. So even though I like (laughs) often don't say no, the thought that I could and that I have that power over my own life, um, control over what I choose. And the fact that, you know, Adam and I are going to Asia for a month soon and that's okay. And I, I literally just told them up front. I was like, by the way, I'm doing this. Like, maybe I can work on some, some stuff while I'm there, but maybe not. And it's also okay if not, because I'll still be voice acting, still bringing in some money that way. And yeah, just feels really good. So I think that kind of thing is a really good fit for me for this point in time. So, 13 minutes later, um, what can you expect out of this podcast? Well, basically this, um, this is really my only plan so far, is to step into the booth first thing and record without pausing or editing. I mean, I might go through and edit if I have some egregiously long pauses or horrendous burps, which does happen, although since I haven't eaten anything, maybe it won't. And I want to talk about something uh, that I've been noodling on. So, let me think. Um, Last night, I went to a dinner party. Um, Well, there's only two other women, but (laughs) I think that's a party. It felt like a party because they were freaking awesome. Lovely, lovely women. And there is something very, very nice about connecting in a small group like that. one woman I've known for a while, but not very well. Um, like we have a lot of affection for each other and make space in our lives, um, for each other every so often. But you know, we've both been really busy. I was, um, super sick (laughs) all fall. She got married. Um, but you know, we've hung out a handful of times since we met. And the other woman I met because she had the courage to show up to mine and Adam's uh, Halloween party. So we throw this huge Halloween party, kind of an open invite. Um, She came escorted by another friend who was awesome. But it turned out that these these two women who had never met before, one of whom I had never met before, (laughs) live in the same building uh, because Turin is a small place. Um, It is... A big enough city that it feels fresh and exciting, um, but it is actually quite small. So anyway, we had this dinner party and just great conversation, um, really inspiring and, and exciting. And it was interesting because uh, one of the women was very, is a very positive person, like just very very spiritual was the way she put it. And we kind of dove into that and it was interesting because you know, it very much matches my 
depiction of spirituality, my definition of it, which is, I, you know, I've always called myself, I've never called myself spiritual and I don't think I give off those vibes. Um, but I've always been like, yeah, I, I go with my gut. I always go with my gut and I learned to listen to my gut at a young age, a really young age. I remember developing this skill and I always thought, it, thought of it as like, I always, you always know what you want, um, but we tell ourselves these stories that distract from it and, you know, we forget how to listen to that voice. So I, I basically was like, when I was little, I was just like, ooh, I need to pay attention to when I feel that like weird tugging feeling that means that I actually know what I want to do. I just don't want to do it or I know what I should do and I don't want to do it and I should always just do that thing. And it has taken me to some incredible places and it has not led me astray. Now, I am not the kind of person, so this was another, this was probably actually the only thing this woman and I kind of disagreed on. She was like, everything happens for a reason. There is a reason for everything. There is a pattern in the universe for everything and everything happens for a reason and we can learn from everything. I, so I don't believe that because I believe that if things had gone differently, a person who feels that way would be doing the same thing in that alternate reality, right? Like, like if things had gone completely differently, they would be looking back on that thread of their life and be like, oh my gosh, things like things worked out the way they were supposed to. Um, but person A, like that's person B's timeline and the same person as, as like a different timeline version of themselves would look back and, and say the exact same thing because we are humans. Like we are so good at pattern recognition. We're so good at it. We see a man in the moon. We see faces in trees. I mean, faces specifically, we're so good at seeing. And pareidolia is the word for that. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's one of those words I've only ever read not said. So I actually mispronounce a shocking amount of words because I just read them. Um, pleached is another word I learned recently that I loved, which is the interlacing of trees and hedges along um, a street or avenue. But anyway, yeah. So <coughs> sorry, that was a weird tangent. Um, so we're so humans are so good at pattern recognition. Like that is what we do. So, of course, knowing that we only experience one timeline, we can look back and make sense of the pattern. And so, like, what I suggested to her, which she seemed to really like in the time, but then I think by the end she was just like, yeah, but no, everything happens for a reason, which is fine, It like especially because she seems like a really lovely and happy person. So, like, far be it from me to, to try to change someone's view who is happy or contented, at least. Um... My point of view is you can cultivate a mindset that that can find value out of whatever has happened to you. So like you can look back and craft a narrative and a story that is impactful and meaningful and helps you, helps you to make sense of why you are where you are and why you are who you are. Because those are like the questions, right? That like everyone... It's funny because I, like, have always felt a very strong sense of self, and I know many people with, without that um, who really struggle with that. But, I, I mean, I do think those are 
like that's and but I even I like even I with my very strong sense of this is who I am you know this is shit is this still recording I talked so long without touching the screen that it didn't the screen turned off oh but it seems like it was still recording the whole time okay sorry even I with my very strong sense of self still have those angsty teen moments of like why am I here (laughs) why am I here why am why am I who I am um, I know who I am, but why am I that person? And like Adam and I love diving into those questions. And so my point is, I find it more powerful rather than to say everything that has happened to me has happened for a reason. I would rather say that I've cultivated a mindset that allows me to pull lessons and understand valuable learnings from everything that has happened to me. But I don't like the everything happens for a reason. And I don't like it because I don't like predestination, the idea of predestination. I do believe in kind of the randomness of the universe. Don't I don't think that distracts from the mystery, by the way, and Carl Sagan would agree with me. Um, the universe is old. Like, like, it makes sense to me that like, at some point, life would arise somewhere. Um, I do think it's weird that we haven't found any more outside of our planet. But I also think in an infinite universe, there's infinite versions of all of this. And so like, just because we're here doesn't make it special. And just because something's not special doesn't mean it's not valuable. I care about this beautiful universe and our beautiful planet, and I want to preserve it as I can. Um, which is like not much the individual person cannot do. Anyway, the point is, I would rather look back and say, I have cultivated a mindset that allows me to recognize and pull value from my past and from the things that have happened. Not everything that has happened to me had to happen to me. Because you know what? There's a lot of different ways to learn lessons. And just because you learned one one way doesn't mean you couldn't have learned it another. Um, So, oh man, I'm supposed to, like, my, like, practice in this life, I truly believe, is just learning to be more vulnerable, um, which is a thing that I really struggled with when I was younger. And Adam tells me I've gotten way better at. So, uh, I'll, you know, I'll do a little bit of that right now. Um, You know, I dated someone who is extremely abusive. Um, Not physically, not really physically, um, but very much so emotionally and psychologically. And, you know, it was a complicated relationship. Um, He was a complicated person. There was obviously some good things. I mean, that's kind of the thing about abusive relationships. Like, they're never all bad. And that's, you know, that's why people get ensnared in them. I listened to a great Dear Sugars episode about this recently. But my point is, like, in some ways, like, he super fucked me up. And I look back on, like, okay, well, what can I learn from that experience? And the things that I learned from it just don't feel that important to my life. And they also feel like lessons I could have easily learned elsewhere without the trauma of what I went through. And my hesitation and like obviously you can say like 
oh, but you know, butterfly effect. If you hadn't dated that guy, would you have found Adam? And, and I don't know. Like, I can't answer that. Um, and you know, I'm, I've often said I'm glad I don't have a time machine nor the power <laughs> to change things because I don't feel equipped to deal with the butterfly effect. And I'm, I mean, like even stuff like, here's another example, my mom dying when I was 21, which has been probably the most influential thing that ever happened to me. Um, if you don't know me, my mom, uh, died the my senior year of college. And six months later, my father had a heart transplant and my sister and I were both finishing school. Um, and he had been like flown back to the U S from Germany. We like didn't have a home address and we really didn't have particularly supportive family. I mean, my, my dad had really basically no family left and my mom's family, uh, they're lovely, but they've always been a little distant, um, from us. And my sister and I were technically adults. Like I was 22 then when my dad went into the hospital and my sister, uh, would have been, you know, what was I, 22? So she was 26. And, um, ostensibly we were adults. So we were kind of left <laughs> to handle that alone. And those things have made, so made me part of who I am or like emphasized and brought out pieces of who I always was in a way that I really like. I really like who I am. And man, if that is not a fucked up thing mentally to realize that part of the things that I like about myself are things that came out of the worst thing that's ever happened to me, which is, you know, my mom dying and then going through the trauma of caring for a father who had a heart transplant and all the care that came after that. Um, happy to say Jules, my dad is doing great now. He's coming to visit us in a couple of weeks. Um, my point is this, uh, even as I am grateful that I can't go back and change things because I, I probably would like, why, of course I would save my mom. Um, I can also be okay with the fact that I am a stronger, more independent, more thoughtful, more grounded, more pleasure-loving and seeking person because I know that this life isn't promised and anything can happen any day. And because of that, I've taken some bananas chances in my life. And, you know, if you're someone who knows me pretty well and, and is listening and is like, oh, I've always wondered why a Ashlyn had all those different crazy jobs in New York or was willing to, you know, move to Italy without really a plan during a pandemic. Like, that's why. A hundred percent, that's why. My mom dying is a hundred percent why. Or at least my mom's death pulled out that piece of me, that strength and courage and curiosity, and was just like, you only have today. Do it. Um, yeah. So my point is, obviously, good came out of that. And yeah, obviously, lessons were learned from my <laughs> abusive ex. And I do have a thoughtfulness and nuance to the understanding of abusive relationships that I didn't have before. Um, but like, I don't think that was worth it. <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's okay for me to not feel like that was worth it. And I reject the notion that we need to all always be grateful for the lessons that we are given in this life. 
That doesn't mean that we don't optimize on them. It doesn't mean we don't say like, fuck, that happened. But okay, what gold nugget can I like painstakingly wrench out of this pile of shit? You know, but I also don't, I can do that and I don't have to be grateful for it. And I honestly think it's an unhealthy aspect of toxic positivity, which is another topic I would love to talk about in depth someday because I have been anti-toxic positivity for a really long time, um, which often manifested as like an irrational anger towards like bespandexed women in New York who went to yoga like in the early 2010s. Uh, But anyway, I am against all odds. And even though I don't sound like it, I think I come across as a cantankerous old man (laughs) professor, like in my head, that's kind of who I am. But I actually am at my core, a fundamentally hopeful person. Uh, But that doesn't mean that you have to be, or I have to be, um, positive and happy and always looking at the bright side. And I do think that when we tell people, especially women, that they have to be grateful for shit that happens to them because everything happens for a reason. You just don't know. I mean, yeah, like that. I find that really harmful. Um, And I say especially women because women are so often conditioned and trained to put up with shit. And that is a dangerous predisposition and it becomes the foundation. Those teachings are the foundation of layers and layers and layers of garbage that end up putting us in really horrible positions in our lives in situations where we don't have a lot of autonomy and choice. Okay, so that's that. Um, What did I talk about today? I talked about how to paradox, why it went away, why it's coming back, um, how this is just my unfiltered thoughts. And I don't know if anyone will enjoy it, but maybe you will. Uh, So I don't know, like, let me know. I always hate the, the like, like and subscribe, like smash that like button. You don't have to smash the like button, but you know what's really cool? Like hearing from people. Like, I've occasionally gotten... Someone once told me She Existed was their favorite podcast. And I was like, I legitimately didn't know anyone listened to it. (laughs) Like, I made it because I I find it really interesting and cool. um, And I'll still do it. Do more of them someday. but, But it's really... I feel like the internet is a weird place because we are either way overstimulated by connections and slapped in the face with it constantly, but then it also just feels like shouting into the void. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's good to cultivate a mindset of response to things that move you. Uh, So if this has been interesting or thought-provoking or helpful or infuriating or hard to listen to because my voice isn't warmed up and it's like, like, I want to hear about it. Um... Okay, so I think I will put this out on the podcast, and then maybe I will even make a transcript for the... I don't know. I don't think this would work as a transcript. Um, But I guess it can't hurt to do that, and I'll push it out on the How to Paradox newsletter. And 
Yeah, it's going to be How to Paradox. I wanted it to be, actually, it was going to be called Scraps from the Cutting Room Floor. Um, but again, didn't want, to, didn't want to go through the effort of another rebrand. Don't have the time. I got to catch a plane to London tomorrow. And yes, I love being able to say that. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in, if you're here. And yeah, let me know what you think. Ciao for now.